confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to C103's Cork Today podcast. Phone and text lines are currently closed. We're off to the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group, where our resident vet Jane Pickett uh, joins us. Good afternoon, Jane. Good afternoon, Patricia. And I'm told you're nice and relaxed after your break. Oh, I can't complain. I was off. I was off somewhere very sunny for a wee while. So I'd love to say I came back with a tan, but with good old Irish skin, I have I have just burned. But I am very relaxed. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Okay, let's get straight into uh, questions because Margaret in Blackpool doesn't sound like she's very relaxed at the moment because she said her dog has taken to jumping up on the sitting and living room on the good armchairs, even though he has his own armchair with a blanket on it. If a bedroom door is left open for a minute, he's straight in and lying on the beds what can I do to stop him yeah this is a really challenging one I'd love to say that there was an easy solution but there's not I have to I I, I suppose what I'd say is think about yourself if if you were in a lovely house and the door was open and there was a nice cozy bed there you might and it was your own house you'd probably you'd probably walk in and and have a little lie down if it was nice and cozy rather than lying on the floor or lying in the crate and Similarly with the sofa, if he has his own little sofa bed that has a little blanket on it, he probably thinks, well, that one's lovely, but I'll try this one out, which is your own one that you don't want him going on. But he probably doesn't differentiate a huge amount between one armchair from the other. It is a little bit of a difficult one. I think if you do want to stop him getting onto certain items of furniture, the easiest thing to do is, 
I suppose, restrict access. That's a simple way of dealing with, let's say, him jumping on the bed. It's just make sure the doors are closed because I think that's a very difficult thing to police. He's probably going to do it when you're not around watching him anyway, so you won't be able to kind of retrain him out of it. So I'd probably just take take the easy win there and just restrict his access to the bedrooms if you don't want him jumping on the bed. But let's say when he's in with the family, you know, of an evening watching TV, just try and encourage him to pop on his own armchair. It might be that he wants to get on your armchair because he wants some cuddles. It might be quite quite a nice kind of thought process behind it. He might just want a little bit of proximity and cuddles. Um, it really depends. You know, some people are very comfortable with them sitting up with them on their own armchair. Some people are not. It's a very personal decision. If you've decided you just want him to sit on his own armchair, then you have to be really, really consistent. You have to make sure that his armchair probably looks a bit different and smells a bit different to your one. So a good thing, it sounds like you've already done it, is a, is a, a specific blanket that's on his chair. It could be a really useful tool. You can try and train him that he can only lie down on that blanket, but it needs to be quite kind of a, it's an obvious one, not similar to other soft furnishings that are in the room because he'll, he won't really be able to, to differentiate the difference. But I think the main thing is consistency. If he tries to jump up on the, the sofa that you don't want him on, just really quietly placing him back on the floor and maybe taking him over to his own armchair, encouraging him to lie down there, giving him a little bit of attention there before you settle back into your own armchair. But you have to be consistent with it. There's no kind of nice soft race. They are sure he can sit on the sofa with me this evening. That's fine if that's what you want to do long term. Lots of people do. That's what I do with my own at home. But if you want him to sit in his own place, he will get so confused that sometimes he's allowed up to sit with you and sometimes he's not. So, you know, just got to make things easy for him. Pick what you want to do and be be consistent with it. Okay. And maybe a little bit of a reward helps as well. So if he sits on his own chair, giving him a little morsel of something tasty, sometimes he'll begin to associate sitting on the chair with getting a treat. That that's good one, yeah. And make the arm, his little armchair as comfortable as possible. Absolutely. Yeah. He wants a nice place to sit, yeah. like you do. So just okay. make it cosy. Okay. Hi, um, Jane, my 12 year old cat. He has been a good weight and in general good health. But then just before Christmas, he started losing weight and was actually vomiting quite a lot. He looks thin and lost weight, even though he was hungry and eating. Took him to the vet who did blood tests. They suspected things like kidney issues, diabetes, or thyroid. All the blood tests came back fine. They couldn't find anything. He got an antibiotic and he did seem to improve a little bit. But he's still not right. He's still thin. He is hungry and eating, eating, but he doesn't seem to be putting back on the weight of only found the odd vomit what else do you suggest can be done or will it just take time for him to get the weight back on him mm, if he still doesn't seem right in himself although he sounds like he's improved from what he was before Christmas if, if you just still don't feel he's right in himself then I think you probably warrant further investigation it sounds like you've done a really great job you know it sounds like you've intervened at the right time taking your pet to the vet getting some good baseline investigations done which is brilliant and that's a lot of information although it may not have found the answer of what's going on it's a lot of really helpful information because that helps to rule things out. It narrows things down. So it's still very much worth doing. What I would say is I'd really recommend just representing with your vet, to, with your cat, and just say, look, he's improved, but he's not quite right. You know, there's lots of other things that can be done to investigate weight loss or, you know, changes in demeanour. And they can be, let's say, imaging. So sometimes a belly scan, a chest scan. There's other blood tests that you can move on to that are a little bit more specific or not, let's say, the first-line ones that we would do when presented with a, a cat or a dog with a similar presentation. But your, your vet 
it sounds like they've done a, an amazing job getting you started on the road of diagnostics, but they, they won't know that he's not fully right in himself. They won't know that he's not fully recovered un- unless you let them know that he's not quite right. So I'd really just engage with your vet again, just outline your concerns. If he's not quite right, but he's improved, then where do we go from there? It really depends on a huge number of things as to where, where your vet will suggest you go from there. And that will be the investigations that are currently undergone and particularly how he is on his physical exam now. And that will help your vet to, to guide the path of diagnostics if they are needed ongoing. Look, it is possible he might have just lost a lot of weight before Christmas and was unwell and he might just need a little bit more recovery period time. But we are dealing with a, a pet here that's in their, in their more senior years. So 12, 13 for catches, you know, they still tend to have plenty of years left in them, but they are on the older side. So we don't tend to dilly-dally with kind of postponing things when they're that age because they don't have as much of a, a kind of a reserve for being unwell as a younger cat would. So what I would suggest is I, I, I wouldn't hesitate to represent it. It's just a precautionary measure. And I think it's probably time if he's still not better and it's, and it's February, even though he was unwell before Christmas, so you'd be hoping that he'd be getting back to righteous reign if that was truly the, the problem before. OK, somebody else who's got an older pet has a question for Jane. It's a 15-year-old Jack Russell. Now, this is unusual. His bark has changed in the past couple of days. It's gone what I can only describe as squeaky and he sounds like a different little fella. Uh, Would you have any idea what would be causing it or should I take him to the vet? What would cause a change Mm. in a bark? There's a few things really. So sometimes the bark noise is made exactly like us speaking. It's made by our voice box in our throat and Anything that causes, I suppose, inflammation or swelling of that voice box can change change your voice. Think of yourself when you have a little bit of a cold and your your throat is a bit sore. You sound a bit different. You sound a bit gravelly. Similarly with dogs and cats, if they have any swelling of their voice box, it can sometimes make them sound a little bit a little bit gravelly in the bark or conversely a bit squeaky. That can change things. With dogs, however, there are some other things that can cause kind of a squeaky bark. Sometimes problems with the airway itself, so the upper airway, the windpipe. Um, that if, if they're having issues with that being kind of structurally sound, it can kind of sound quite squeaky and honky if they're having trouble with that. Or similarly, if they, if they have something stuck in their throat, that can cause swelling that might change their voice. There's a number of things that could be going on here. I suppose similar to our previous caller with an older pet, we have a 15-year-old little Jack Russell there. We want to make sure you know we're getting on top of things quickly for him because he sounds like he's an older boy. So I would suggest if it's been this way for a day or two, it's not resolving, I would present to your vet and just you know, let them know what's been happening. A really helpful thing, actually, is if, if the bark is happening sometimes at home and you're, you're seeing the squeakiness, take a little video with audio on it. That's actually a really helpful thing to, your vet, to bring to your vet. I know it might sound silly, but a lot of the time, the description is a little bit difficult for us to imagine, but if we see a video and hear the noise, that's actually a really helpful. It'll help, yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, if you can okay. get a little video, that'd be great. Okay, and uh, Danny, four-month cockapoo, new addition to the house. Everything going well, training, trying to do the house, uh, trying to toilet train, getting there. But the problem that they have is uh, this little cockapoo will only eat dry food out of a family member's hand. He won't eat from a dog bowl. What's going on there? Oh, this this little pupper um, is, I'd say, enjoying the little connection that he's having with the member of the family when he's eating. Um, That's probably the most likely thing. Now, one thing I would say is just make sure that he's not tender or uncomfortable eating the food. If he's really munching into that dry food and happy and happy to eat and he just just really just has a solid preference from eating from a hand rather than from a bowl, 
then, you know, we can probably rule out any physical issues. But if you feel he's uncomfortable and it's reluctant to eat, present to your vet just to get his mouth checked in case he has any loose teeth or anything that's bothering him. It sounds like he just has a really strong preference from eating from a hand. And I think first thing I would do would be maybe, you know, sit with him and encourage him to eat from the bowl. Sometimes they just feel like they need a little bit of encouragement and connection when they're young and they're adapting to a new household. But obviously, you know, we can't be sitting there all day feeding out of his hands for the rest of their life. So maybe it's the bowl that's involved as well. So try a different bowl. Make sure it's big enough to accommodate all of his head and not have his whiskers touching off the side because sometimes they find that a little bit weird if they're not used to it. So make sure it's a nice, big, wide bowl um, that you're putting the food into so that he doesn't have anything that's deterring him from sticking his head in. Um, and just maybe try a different type of bowl. So if the bowl you have is metal, try a try a pet-safe ceramic one or a plastic one that's pet-safe. Sometimes small changes like that can really help. Okay, listen, we leave it there. Thank you for that. Have a lovely week and we'll chat to you next Thursday. You too. Thank you, Thanks a million. That is Jane Pickett of the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.